Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast. This is the podcast we bring you every week where we talk about two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. And today we are talking about part two of our double feature that we like to call uh, Natural Dork romance last week we talked about 2012's wes anderson movie moonrise kingdom with very favorable reviews this week we have uh, a lesser known feature called paper heart from 2009 it is a documentary slash um fictional film uh it does have real documentary elements where they interview real couples real people about love uh, but then it also has lots of real life comedians and actors uh playing themselves in fictional roles. It is written by Charlene Yee. Uh, she's a comedian and musician and an actress. She's done a lot of voice acting lately. You recognize her uh, as a voice on Steven Universe, actually several voices. Um, she was in um, uh, Mitchell's vs. the Machines. And uh, also I wanna give a special shout out to her role in uh, one, of, one of my loves is the puppet master franchise and in 2018 she played nerissa in puppet master the littlest reich uh which was sort of a, a soft reboot actually it's a hard reboot of the franchise and that was fun anyway uh she also made the political and social scene uh, a few years back when james franco was accused of sexual harassment and misconduct uh she wrote i believe it was an open letter to seth rogan friends of james franco and and who she's also worked with a lot as well uh basically telling him you know uh, how to how to address his friend james franco about this because it's real and she came out about her own um history of, of sexual abuse and uh made a very powerful statement and argument and uh and should be commended for that uh and also trying to reach out if anybody out there in our listener land knows Charlene we would love to have her on the pod I'd love to talk about this project Paper Heart uh, and her comedy and music as well uh, that'd be super fun so anyway uh, Charlene you wrote this along with director uh, uh, Nicholas Jasanovic who directed um, the movie and and also assisted with some of the script writing as directors these days tend to do interestingly uh, Nicholas is the only person who does not play himself in the movie uh, Jake Johnson plays uh, him in the movie as the director and Jake Johnson everyone will recognize um, these days from many comedic and serious roles usually he's the comedic person in a serious film uh, he was Lowry in Jurassic World he was Peter B. Parker in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse he played Nick in the New Girl uh, which uh, 
full disclosure, I really don't like that show, but hey, it it was a it was a it was a good meal ticket for a lot of people. So I'm glad that it succeeded. I'm glad lots of people liked it. So that's the only person that that plays someone other than themselves. Uh, the plot of the movie is that Charlene Yee doesn't believe in love, and as a young woman, uh, Nicholas Jasonovic, aka uh, Jake Johnson, actually start a documentary. Uh, to interview to have her interview people about love so couples long-term couples straight couples gay couples kids all these people about love and whether or not they believe in love with the idea presumably being that maybe Charlene would be convinced that that true love exists uh, throughout filming it she meets Michael Sarah uh, playing himself and they start dating and form a relationship but it's touch and go because they're filming a documentary and having to travel and the cameras always have to be on and uh michael and charlene don't like that they always have to be under camera and there's some strain on the burgeoning relationships ensues and then at the end again this is a spoiler alert uh if, if this sounds like an interesting movie i think it's fascinating check it out uh maybe you can watch it and then uh come back but i don't think it would ruin this to know the end which is they basically end it with Charlene and Michael narrating a little paper doll animated like um, spoof ending where like they ride off into the sunset uh, on a motorcycle and she like saves Michael who's like, and she does this great, Charlene does this amazing, one of the best things ever, impression of Michael Sarah, um, which I, I can't even, I can't describe it. It's awesome. It is one of the funniest impressions of Michael Sarah, and there are a lot of funny impressions of Michael Sarah. And full disclosure, I originally watched this movie because I love Michael Sarah. Uh, Michael Sarah for president. I want Michael Sarah to uh, be in more movies. Um, you know, what are you going to do but put Michael Sarah in your movie? So, this movie is of a genre that really isn't. It doesn't have a word because you can call it a mockumentary, but it's not a satire. You can call it a documentary, but it has fictional scenes. Um, it's a movie that's built around a documentary. I think it's probably the, the most succinct way to say it. I want to give a, before we get into the um, discussions about what uh, myself and panelists thought of this movie, I want to give a shout out to the gajillion comedians who are very briefly in this um, in the beginning, in addition to Charlene Yee. Um, we have Martin Starr, Seth Rogen is in it, Dimitri Martin is in it, um, Derek Waters of Drunk History is in it. Oh, gosh, who else? Um, I mean, I'm trying to even remember. There, there are just, there are a lot of comedians in this. So if you are part of the comedian world or if you really love um sort of the current generation of adult comedians who started, uh, you know, the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, this is a fun one to watch, at least even for the beginning, um, when Charlene is just sort of being followed around at house parties and talking to these comedians really briefly, because you see so many of them before you're like, oh, that's, you know, oh, that's Derek Waters. Oh, Dimitri. Oh, everyone. Like, it's, it's really cool. Um, you also get to see some fun little bits of, of Charlene on stage. Um, and uh, she plays a song that she writes for Michael as a character in it later, which is fun. It's just an interesting movie. I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect when I first sat down to watch this all those years ago. And it still stuck with me as one of those, I didn't, I didn't expect it to be this way. I thought maybe it would be a, com a romance comedy and it kind of is. I, and then he's like, could it be a documentary? It kind of is. 
Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, with me today, I have Jeff Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? Idy ho, neighbor. And yep, we still have Jeff Wilsoning. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, he's just a forehead today on the camera. And it's we also have I Mandy need. Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? I am quickly reaching my expiration date this evening, as That's we right. always mention when we record, which is like, always. You know, yeah, we, sorry, we, we sorry, regular just... listeners. About how I you always know, complain about it's, being tired. <laughs> it's what happens in an interconnected world. Uh, I'm on the good coast, the west coast, so it's daytime. It's it's you know uh, only only um, evening here. Uh, it is well, way better. Yeah, it is the better coast. I, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna. I, we don't have the snow. I'm just gonna yeah. throw it out there. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there have uh, so been people, conversations about I, relocating, but you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you might have to sell better. blood for a while to to make to make rent, but yeah. other than that, it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, so Paper Heart, um, I I'm gonna throw it to you guys, Mandy. What were you expecting when you went into Paper Heart, and what did you get now that you've seen it? I was expecting weirdness with Michael Sarah, and it is what I got. Um, <laughs> I was absolutely not expecting this super cool like paper cutout puppetry scenes, yeah, like which were totally uh just like i said unexpected amazing well done creative uh just um fun departures from like the very like uh i don't know what the word is like not strict but like set format of a documentary exactly you know like just so juxtaposed in that way and it was just such a nice surprise i wasn't obviously i expected michael sarah and what i got was (laughs) delightful little paper puppetry scenes (laughs) <laughs> and and i'm not um i'm not i'm not totally sure i think i believe the animation was done by um narba uh nazarene who who did the um they call it live animation because as you said it, it's essentially puppetry with paper puppets uh, yeah. and it's cool like you said it's really neat and they do it in um in like every time they interview a couple mm-hmm. they sort of give their backstory it, it's, it's sort of with the puppets first um and then they then they talk to the couple and it reminds me it was like oh go ahead it reminds you of what i was gonna say gonna say um there's a a a pretty well-known zine uh you know those who don't know zines check out coltoncclassicpodcast.com go to our shop and and we have some of our own um but there's a they're like creator created mini magazines and there's a well-known one i believe out of la could be wrong but it's fantastic and really great artist or writer does it it's called korean uh, korean angry like korean and angry but korean angry and it's a it's sort of a a diary-esque journalist thing but she does a lot of really cool puppetry comics where she'll do a comic but with like these hand-drawn puppets and it's very much in this style so any fans of korean angry out there um you will like these elements of paper heart for sure so yeah so uh i don't know overall like i was pretty meh about this movie i guess i was a little bit surprised in that way because i usually do like michael sarah's uh like silliness general general he, i mean silliness he kind of plays it straight right like he's I mean, a he's very the... straight awkward in the like she's always awkward which is part of, like i love nerds <laughs> yeah and he's just like so my people like I just, whenever I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh, I get you. Like you're, you're my people. This is but way, like, 
this is way yeah. TMI. This is too much information. No <laughs> listener wants to know this, but um, Michael Sarah certainly doesn't want to know this, but I have like a, a bunch of boxers with prints on them because that's how <laughs> I express myself. Uh, and, and my wife usually gets them and Undercover. my lucky, my lucky pair of boxers, I call my Michael Sarah boxers because <laughs> it has a drawing of an owl, but with a red, white, and blue headband. And it looks just so much like if someone drew Michael Sarah as an owl from Juno. <laughs> And those, and I've, I've, that's amazing. I've held on to those for way too long. Uh, but that is, that, that makes me think of it. So, yeah. So, I, your lucky undies, you know, I, hey, absolutely. Everyone's um, going to have a pair. I Sorry. 100% agree. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> it's interesting because when I first saw this movie, Charlene is, is very, her character in this is sort of, we've all met or been this person or, or both, right? Where it's like sort of an emotionally stunted younger person who is jaded because of how their life has gone so far. Not that it's terrible. I mean, she has friends, she has a burgeoning career, but really internal, really awkward around people in social settings. Yeah. You know, like a lot of us go on stage because we can be someone on stage that we're not comfortable being in real life person to person. Um, or we start podcasts. And, uh, and so she's that which initially, I did find kind of frustrating and annoying, because if you're right, if it's like, if it was a traditional film, then she would have had to overcome that you would presume and at the end have this life and she does have some growth, but it's much more realistic. And the fact that it's like that's clearly intentional because it's structured as a documentary right like right. Uh, they in fact jake johnson as the director in the film really wants to sort of like crescendo the end of the documentary into some big romance between her and michael sarah and even though they have it instead he ends up sort of driving them apart because michael's character is like if it's on camera it's what is real how could we be real this isn't real it's, it's over and she's like you know like sort of unwilling to say she believes in love which is driving him away even more right because how are you supposed to be with someone who essentially is saying like well i mean i want to be with you but no i don't love you like that's yeah. that's a little hard to take i can imagine so um we get the i was end like where... really really mad about the whole thing where they were like but we're doing this documentary so like this is what it is and i was just like oh i'm so mad at this yeah. filmmaker not respecting their privacy i'm like right upset for her not having agency or feeling that she can have agency yeah. in her life and be her own advocate and just say no like oh it was just i that that really was very i guess triggering for me because <laughs> i got a very strong emotional reaction can, to that I part of the film and like being a very private person myself i was just like oh they need to fuck off like just yeah leave her alone <laughs> like this is terrible i thought they it's kind of that story of like, you know, Ahab and the white whale, right? As a, as a documentary person, you hear this all the time. Um, people go after, I mean, everyone from Michael Moore to, you know, first time, you know, uh, Emmy nominee documentaries where they make, when you, your subject becomes, it's like that, that you don't want to cross that line to where you're exploiting your subject, but in a way that line had become so blurred when you're making a documentary because you want to make it engaging for the viewer and use there's always that element of how can I make this the most affecting thing possible but that's not necessarily real right and that goes farther and farther away as the documentary progresses I think a lot of filmmakers have experienced that and it, it's sort of that 
I think Jake Johnson does a really good job of being like kind of a, a, a likable personality who's doing something so frustrating that, and sh as you said, Charlene's character, you know, she's quiet. So she doesn't like confrontation is clearly not her thing in this. Right. So like when she's like, she'll back down and then like her, her resisting is sort of shutting down. Right. And that's, and that's not always an effective way to break free. And Michael Sarah is playing this character, which we've, I think many of us have either been, been that person or again been with someone like that where you he wants her to do this and make the decision because if she says no it's over let's go do our own thing the documentary is done or whatever then he's like that's my note that she's in this for me and we can move on and, and grow but not saying that right like you she he wants her to know and she probably does know but she isn't comfortable or able to do it. And so you have this really uncomfortable tension that is such is so indicative of like early relationships. Um, right. But I also thought it was good that he left it to her. Like he didn't yeah. step in and take another controlling role in her life being mm -hmm. like, no, no cameras. Like we're going to have this like private relationship and, um, and her just being like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, he just wanted her to make her decisions. At least that's how I kind of took it. Well, but he was does... also like, I'm going to make my decisions. I don't want to be on camera. So that means I can't be with you. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's sort of, and he does, he goes back to Canada, right. Mm -hmm. uh, in the movie. And then uh, she goes back to him, but then you don't know what um, it's sort of the redemption moment for the director right at the end. Cause mm -hmm. they go to Canada. Um, she goes they're they're filming her and she goes to Michael Sarah's door. He answers the door and he's cordial, but kind of guarded. Right. And then, basically like she's like can we talk and he's like do you want to come in and she goes in and then turns and says no cameras basically and so then and then the sound guys like we're still getting audio and they're listening for a moment and then then the director's like cut it cut the audio and that's like his redemption moment right is he could be getting this mm -hmm. but he says no we're done and then mm -hmm. that that leads to the end with the, the final paper paper doll segment where she where he asks um what charlene you know yeah what happened are they still together and then she gives him that fantasy story which is fun because you don't know right like you don't know what really happened because i mean realistically first relationships don't usually last not always but especially young first relationships statistically we all know that's true but that doesn't change the intensity or the possibility um i this is just we'll go to jeff jeff what were you expecting from paper heart um and what do you feel now that you've seen it well, I do like all of the people in it, um, you know, especially like right off <laughs> meeting, you know, seeing all these, you know, comedians I admire. Um, and I, I'll just go like, I think the high points for me was actually just like the documentary elements. Um, I, mm -hmm. I did like the, you know, puppetry that they put to it, but like, I thought the really solid moments of, of this film were like the raw documentary. Um, yeah, the I guess there was like like maybe for me like the the you know the structure of this right is you have raw documentary you just go in and interviewing people and so normally as a uh, uh, the the person that's doing the documentary you you stitch these different stories together with some sort of um, you know some sort of narration 
that you 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 wrote like that you know is kind of mm -hmm. telling a story that goes through all of these um uh you know individual little it's segments. the format of a, of a modern travel show is how they do it. Like Anthony Bourdain, right? Like he, the in-between segments are his reflections on and setup of the next moments and the yeah. last moment. And so then like, they have the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Or like if, you know, you're, you're following a rock climber, you'll be like, you know, there'll be big events and then there'll be lots of talking about like, you know, how it's done and why it's done and blah, 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 blah. Can I just say but that that means you've case, actually watched a documentary about a rock climber? I have, yeah that's that sounds terrible to me but that's just on me uh anyway, uh, several actually but uh the I've, i watched lots of documentaries I, I don't i like documentaries um but so in this case it's it's stitched together by essentially the, this like romance story between two characters um and you know it's scripted and there's not a lot of chemistry there um it, it is cute um and there are some like some interesting moments to it um uh, but like as like entertainment goes uh i didn't feel it um and also i didn't feel like it stitched these elements together very well like it it was missing kind of like the thesis of the doc uh, the documentary in my in my opinion um it 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 i mean which is fine like you know like who's good, who's going to write a good thesis on love like it's probably going to end up sounding like crap so like on on a level of like them going in i think this was a brilliant idea um it just it just fell short a little bit for me um i did really like like you know i don't know who was scouting these couples and whatever but they found some like really good couples um like the the two uh gay men they did like you know i i, I love them they were, really they, were, great they were really great yeah um like the like the judge and his wife were really great I, there was like i i felt like that element like they did they have like an elvis really impersonator who marries people in vegas yeah yeah so like they did really good scouting and like got good people to interview and they had like good stories and they were like charismatic people and they were um good at good at telling their stories um and, it, and they added like the fun um like puppetry to it um but yeah so that was that was just kind of where i i landed um I just, the the romance didn't work for me i actually almost like halfway through i thought like jake johnson and uh charlene had better chemistry than uh michael sarah and charlene uh and i thought there would be like a twist where like she had feelings for him or something that they would have like some sort of twist to it um i guess it just um yeah that's you know love is inexplicable and uh, i didn't see the chemistry those two characters did great didn't work it's for me i actually so i kind of agree with you to a different end i i don't think they had chemistry necessarily either and i think it was kind of realistic that way and i actually if this were true like if this were real i would assume that they actually were not together they may be friends because they michael sarah's voice is there in the in the final puppetry moment as well but not together um because it sort of was that vibe where someone is is potentially really interested michael sarah being really interested in charlie knee's character and her being sort of flattered and interested in the way that she's you know you're 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 always flattered when somebody else is interested and when you're so introverted and you're so shy any attention becomes like 
okay you know as opposed to i'm really interested because there's always that element like well i mean if she really wasn't those of us who've experienced love to not that you know there certainly can be people who can't experience love they actually interestingly interview a you know a, a chemist about that possibility right and you're like well or a biologist rather and like you're like well it, it it rang true to me right like we saw that in high school all the time right like one person one of our friends started dating another friend and you're like are they even into each other like are, are is that person even into this person like it just didn't and it doesn't work out right um and oftentimes it pans out in the most mature cases a lot of them are not mature um and adults do this too but in, it, it ends how it sort of ended in the pre the climax right where uh or, where um, michael sarah is like uh, not going he essentially goes home um and and like he's like i've been pushing i've been pushing i've been trying but i'm not getting enough back so it, clearly you're not interested I'm, and i'm leaving uh and i found that to be realistic it's uncomfortable um to watch in fact their whole relationship is cute but uncomfortable um uh, oh I mean, yeah the most... definitely hardcore like michael sarah like cringy awkwardness uh... well it's an interesting play because he's he's the more ex he plays the more experienced person in That's the true. pair, right? He, he is Which still is a little cringy. He's still oh, very oh. cringy. I love I, my favorite. <laughs> super my very favorite cringy. Part, yes. My, my super favorite part with the two of them is when they're they go to like a lunch date or whatever. Oh yeah, and he walks out oh, and yes. and they say something and he's like, okay, if that's not if you're not interested. And he gets up and he leaves and he walks out the door and it's like and it's we <laughs> watch bit. her like sit there, yeah, for like two minutes and then like. He comes around the back and he's like, I was just gonna walk around the back. It took a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> like, and like she's so relieved that he's back. But like it was it was that kind of moment where I'm like, Yeah, that's very Yeah, I, I love very, that. That was that was like really it was good. a good moment. Um I actually so it's not that the interview portions, it's not that those weren't moderately like they serve their purpose to an extent. I actually found the interview portions though not good enough to serve their purpose. Um, and that was part of where a little bit of failing from came from me because I feel like they found very normal people, which is of course on paper what you think you would want, but it's also not really what you want um, because they're not they're not helpful um, to just to just find love. Most people, as you said, defining love is a near impossible task. It's only been like one of the goals of humanity since the beginning of written language right yeah i mean like what are you gonna write better than shakespeare come on now get out of <laughs> right. here right <laughs> and 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 uh and so you get you know it's it's hard to do um and then the the best parts were here's the hard part right and i think this was probably part of the issue some of the you would really want real interviews where the people actually started asking her more probing questions because they did occasionally ask her, but usually just like, you know, like, like, well, you know, and she's like, no. And then, then it would go into, you don't believe in love, but in order to get what you're looking for, you'd have to do a gajillion interviews to find, to have the random ones, or you'd have to have fictional elements fed to the interviewees, which then it's not really going to be an interview. And these are not necessarily actors who are being interviewed. So then it becomes a problematic. So to get the stuff that really could have connected the like, two elements. I feel it, like you it, could probably lead the the discussion. Like if you're really you good can. at interviewing, sure. you could, you could like, you could ask a I mean, question in kind of almost like a passive aggressive way that it's like mm. the response is almost like, 
you don't believe in love you know like that would like be the only response and then you get it's like oh you i've just baited the hook now now i get to go and do the thing that i wanted to do yeah and and i mean they kind of they clearly did that to a point because they did a couple but then you you'd have to also then find the interviewees who are willing to push it because most people just what is their reaction oh she's in her 20s this is their reaction oh you'll know when you find it yeah, yeah. that's what you know what i mean because that's, that's the way true, yeah. one way of saying like because otherwise people people don't like going deeper than that right for the most part because the next step is oh well you must be really really broken <laughs> you know like maybe you should see a therapist or well hell maybe not everyone is lovable or maybe you don't you know what i mean like it would have been interesting if they'd intersperse just a few because i liked i loved the gay couple they had that great line where it's like what did you do on your first date he's like i think you have sir um and then i we went back and had sex and then she's like you had sex on the first date and he goes i work gay it's what we do <laughs> and like, not, and i mean it's a generalization but you know that it was it was it was a funny moment and it had sparks of elements of truth to it and that was great but then they interviewed a couple of couples and essentially it whether they're gay or straight it didn't matter their interview was very similar it was the same right and what they needed is they should have then inter they should have had more diverse interviews where they interviewed someone who doesn't believe in love right um or interview like a professional dominatrix you know what i mean not not to do the shock value but to get the different because or even just uh just you know the girlfriend experience type um uh sex worker you know just some, right. somebody that's that you know yeah is kind of like coming from it from like a different angle a i mean they kind of right? did yeah. they they kind of did with um Elvis. the like the bar no oh, the like biker the, bar the biker bar where they you know is like a different kind of love i i agree like i i think they probably could have gone through some like some other things um like some you know some other avenues but they didn't have a narrative but this is my point like there was no stitching there was no thesis to what they were trying to do. Like there wasn't like, like there wasn't like an overall um, idea that they were trying to thread through this entire documentary that you could follow, um, which I, I really think is like, you kind of like almost have to have it a documentary. You, you have to be trying to say something. You have to have a question you're asking and then trying to find an answer or like you're trying to, do you, you know, think part something. of the problem comes from when a documentary is made, as you said, there's an impetus to start it, but then usually, as you said, Mandy, it's the editing that then creates that thread from all these mm -hmm. disparate pieces rather than it, you know, in the perfect world, it would be pre-existent and you'd find it and you'd put things just in order, but that's not how yeah. it works, right? We know from RuPaul's Drag Race, that's not how it works. There's a, no. there is editing prowess that goes into it. And in this case, I wonder how hampered they were because they actually have a fictional story and then they're working mm -hmm. with interview segments then that they're trying to make fit some aspect of this fictional story as opposed to having a true documentary where you have much more freedom to alter your scope, your narrative thread. Well, I think like a lot of post. documentaries, like there's like a lot of time post interviews. So you do all your interviews, oh, yes. mm -hmm. kind of like a good experiment, right? Like you take, you, you come in with like a hypothesis, right? Like you have some idea of what you're trying to say and you have like an idea of what the results might be. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but then you just go and collect data, right? You go right. and ask a lot of questions. Uh, you get all of these interviews and then from that interview base if you're making a good documentary 
you take what you have and then you build your end result right like it's not Mm -hmm. you're not like trying to you don't like know exactly what the answers Mm -hmm. are going to be when you go in like you actually have to talk to the people and like you know listen to their to what they said to like to actually feed that um that thread throughout the whole thing so yeah i mean in like having a script right like you have like this narrative that you're trying to drive um you you can't, couldn't possibly go like you were saying and mm-hmm. ask questions that then fit into some sort of right like you know like uh, threading that you're going for here's so here's my oh sorry oh my um yeah I, I don't know so i i just think it i i think it was a really clever idea and like you know, really interesting. I think it's just really hard to execute. Um, yeah, just like a like quite a, a challenge to overcome. Um, yeah, yeah. I this is so. My solution would have probably been um, to fake. How do I? How do I put it? Intersperse a couple of of fake interviews in with the real ones that led the next because i do think mm-hmm. here's my my reading because i've watched it several times and my reading on that is that there is a narrative element of the fictional story and the problem is is that it's not clearly defined because the characters that are present in the film do not have the scope of communication not the people but the characters themselves it would be out of character for them to define it in a way that made it um, clear for the viewer. And so it fell on the interviews to try and do that. And the interviews and the film narrative do not connect well enough because the narrative of the film part seems to be that the director sees that this girl who he obviously believes in love. She says she doesn't believe in love. She starts to get close to Michael Sarah. He tries to build it up and then at the end when they've been pushing back because of this and they're getting close to the end of filming for the for the project then he says i got us money to go to paris the center of romance and their response is that's not natural why are we going to paris like it seems forced well that's exactly what it is right he's trying to force an ending that is uh, follows this narrative trail of i don't believe in love i met someone now i believe in love you know promoted at the end of the film but it's sort of this weird then feedback loop on what a documentary is right like he's trying to force the end result and like you said jeff like any experiment you start with an idea of what you think is going to happen but you have to look at the data to actually see what's really happening because otherwise you have this bias that is is it's going to make all of your outcomes wrong and that's that i think is the narrative of this but unfortunately the actual documentary elements kind of end up getting in the way of that and this gets in the way of the documentary elements whereas you would need the documentary elements to literally make clear the progression of that story and to do that you would have to have a couple of fake segments in there with good actors who are leading those questions back to her so we as the audience see it more clearly because her character is so introverted and shy that she's not and and not even shy she's not the kind of person as i said she she shuts down or gets quiet she's not the kind of person that voices exactly what the situation is so when they're pushing like when when jacob johnson's director character is pushing them 
to sort of do this fake thing because he thinks it'd be a really good end of the movie uh, or the documentary. She's not voicing that problem. And Michael Sarah's character is at the point where she has to do it. Essentially, he's pushed that on her, right? Like, as you said, Mandy, like, you have to do this because if you don't, then it's just telling me what I'm suspecting, which is you're not really into this and I need to, and it's time for me to, to end it. Um, and so I think that's where the failure is. And I say failure, I do enjoy this movie. I think it's an interesting, as you said, it's a novel idea. It reminded me of um, uh, my, my good, good friend, uh, James Gunn. Uh, James Gunn is, uh, uh, you know, uh, really, really, really close to me. Um, but he did with another person who I adore, Jenna Fisher, most known from The Office, um, a documentary that's a mockumentary called Lolly Love. And maybe we'll cover it on the pod one day. But it's, it's, a, it's this brutal satire where a wealthy couple starts a played by Jenna Fisher and James Gunn starts a program to help the homeless. And the way they do this is they make lollipops with positive sayings on them and they give them out to the homeless. And the way the documentary is filmed is they play this couple and they go and they give lollipops to real homeless people. And it is crushing because it is so, and I think even more now in the Elon Musk era, um, it is all the more appropriate uh, viewing, even because it's so uncomfortable and so nauseating and so accurate to the, the, the vapidness and disassociation from reality and, and our fellow man's experiences. But it has that element where you're mixing a fictional thing with a real thing to, to show some sort of, of, of message or disparity um, that, that we as humans are gonna be made the better of by recognizing. And that's similar to this one. I don't think, Lolly Love is of course a very different movie, um, but I don't think that Paper Heart succeeds to the level of Lolly Love because I think as we've kind of parsed out, they had a harder task that they made, they, they, they shot for, and they had to know that it might not work 100% because they can't control all these elements. Um, and, but we're getting to the end here. I'll give my recommendation. I do recommend Paper Heart. I know I recommend many of the movies here, not all, um, but I do recommend Paper Heart. I really liked it. If you like Michael, Sarah, you like Charlene, you, you like um, seeing some of these early projects of the comedians, especially out of LA uh, in, in the you know, 2000, 2010 era, um, it's gonna be an interesting thing. You know, I notice places, here's my one complaint that is a damning complaint about this movie is that they go to Palm Springs and no footage from Palm Springs, just the drive to Palm Springs. And clearly they didn't use anything from that. I don't know what actually happened if they even filmed down there or not, but I was like, how dare you come to my neck of the woods and promise me that and I get nothing. So um, I, that's, that's why, you know, Charlene Yee, Jake, not even the Maryland statue. Not even the Maryland statue. Um, Nicholas Jeslonovic, you can come. You guys just got to come down here now uh, and be on the pod, and we'll film our segment then, because uh, that's it has to be remedied. Um, but other than that, I give this I give this a recommend. But it is problematic. Uh, it is not even problematic. That that sounds like something's wrong with it. It's imperfect. Um, it's sort of like, as Jeff said, an experiment. 
And the data just isn't, the sample size was not big enough to give an impactful outcome in the, in the way that they wanted. Does that mean it's not interesting to look at? No, I found it interesting. Um, is it something that I would say is a must watch for people who you know love documentaries? No. Is it a much watch for people who love Michael Sarah? If you're a super fan uh, or same for Charlene, is it a watch that is worth it if you're looking for something different where filmmakers tried something and it was an early project from established um, uh, professionals in the field now of comedy and acting? Yes. Okay. So it depends on your, your point of view on whether or not you should watch Paper Heart, but I certainly enjoyed it and uh, I would recommend it selectively. Mandy, would you recommend Paper Heart 2009? If so, why or why not? I'm not like very on the fence about this one. Um, I mean, we kind of covered everything. It's like just not very well put together. It's, they almost fooled me that it was just a straight up documentary like a couple times. Like it, it, it is very well acted in that sense. Like they're playing themselves. It is believable in the sense that they are playing themselves and that this is a story that could be happening. Uh, but there wasn't, a lot to kind of carry you through. Uh, some of the scenes were really cute. Um, I personally really enjoyed that awkward scene where she was sitting at the table, like trying to figure <laughs> out what to do. Like, do I yeah. get up and leave now? Like, what did that really happen? And um, we sit with that like discomfort with her, and then it's sort of it works itself out. And it, it, you know, it's kind of cute because it wasn't like he was like, I tried, but I effed it up, and that's who I am. Um, and I, I really like that scene, but <laughs> it was definitely weird and probably wouldn't work for a lot of people. Um, but you know, I'm mostly friends with nerds, so I get it, <laughs> like, but, uh, I don't know, like I'm really on the fence on this one. Like, I think you'd have to really like Michael Sarah and this kind of like awkward comedy and like documentary ish kind of movie. Like if you like mockumentaries and like you want to you know, like this is kind of continues down a similar path, I'd go for it. But like in general, like if you're just looking for something to watch, like I wouldn't recommend this one. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think too, that's kind of getting to what Jeff said. The the narrative thread to drive the movie is it's 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 not strong enough to pull you along if you're looking for strict entertainment, I think. And so that can be problematic. Jeff, would you recommend Paper Heart 2009? Uh, if so, why and to who? I'm loath to do so because I do love all the people involved here, uh, but I'm going to say no. Um, it, I think it would have been better as a pure documentary or a pure scripted piece. Um, I think that in either case, uh, you could have um, ended up with something a little bit more cohesive. Um, I think it's a little bit of a mess um, with the two elements um, kind of... Uh, at odds with each other you could say um uh, it was not a happy marriage uh let's 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 divorce uh let's divorce these two things uh <laughs> and uh move on so i'll i'll, I'll just say no all right uh, so well, we that's can fair enough here that's, you can be wrong no i'm just kidding that's an absolutely fair assessment uh thank you guys so much for listening i also want to give another shout out to charlene Yee. i don't think she gets enough credit uh, you know follow her music career as well she she uh was part of uh the glass beef and sacred destinies bands uh she does solo stuff uh she, if if i don't know if she's i don't know if she's performing lately around but if she if you ever get the chance to see her perform she does a really cool shows where she mixes 
music, jokes, magic, sometimes funky things on stage, really fun stuff. Uh, so check that out as well. Thank you guys. Please leave a review, a five star or, or full star, whatever the hell the rating system is, wherever you get your podcast, give us it all. Uh, and it helps people find us, write us with your requests, your questions, your adoration, your hate mail to Tad at coltonclassicpodcast at gmail.com. Visit coltonclassicpodcast.com. You can check out our shop. You can get zines that help support us. Uh, you can find where to write reviews. You can go through our entire back catalog of episodes, all that stuff uh, there. And to play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.